got uh, podcast notes up and running. All right, game faces on, and uh, we can go ahead and make like we like each other and <laughs> chat. You son of a bitch! All right, because show's on, soup's on, baby. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> welcome, welcome uh, to Sharpen That Axe. So welcome there you go. <laughs> welcome to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. John, I didn't have to read the notes. I actually memorized it. Oh, finally. It's about finally. It only took 10 episodes because we're <laughs> on episode 11. Episode 11. These episodes go to 11. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting all day to say oh, that. Oh, oh all day. day. Yeah. Well, since, ever, ever since I was like, hey, it's going to be episode 11. I've even got my It Goes to 11 t-shirt on. So man, there you have you it. You thought of everything. You're but so you can't see it because today, folks, I am in Colorado and Mr. Murphy is in Galway. We are in opposite ends of the universe from Cork. So, Indeed. Though, John, can you give everybody a one-line synopsis of who you are and what you do? I am John Gillen, guitarist, teacher, guitar advocate, and guitar nerd. So there you go. And my and name you. is Dylan, and I also play some guitar sometimes. Uh, yes, I'm Dylan Murphy, a singer-songwriter, guitar player, um, Padawan. Uh, I, I ran out of uh, guitar student, you know, analogies for you being the master and me being the student. Well, I may have another one for you here at the end of the thing, but hang tight because that'll have to do with uh, what we've been listening to. So, okay. Yeah, great. There you go. So, so it's back to our semi new uh, section, the, the lick of the week. Yes. This time it's my turn. So I get to tantalize Mr. Murphy's ears with this very Excellent. exciting riff. Excellent. Oh. Okay. Okay. All so right. I'm going to listen to it. And you're <laughs> okay. going to record my reaction. Okay. All so right. I'm playing it now. Okay. We'll edit that out. I'm going to play it again. <laughs> um, open with music player for Google Drive. Hooray for editing technologies, right? <laughs> right. If this were the 50s, we'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd be out of a job and we'd be talking like this. All right. All right, so listening. Oh. Oh, come on. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> I got to find my pants because you just blew them off. <laughs> That's unintentionally gay sounding. Anyway, uh, that was that was that that was ridiculous. First, first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. I just okay. Uh, I'm allowed three guesses. Okay, I think you can get in on the first one, honestly. Uh, Focus. Because it's shred. Yeah. But it's so, and it's '80s shred. Yeah, I'm sort of, sort of. She got the taffy in there. Uh, okay, Nuno Battencourt? No, sir. Steve Vai? Yes. Okay, number two. Yeah. Tell me more. Okay, so this track is uh, it's called The Animal, and it's off his Passion and Warfare CD, which came out in 1990. So, uh, uh, not this, quite uh, 80s, but so close. Yeah, thank uh, God grunge was going to come destroy that stuff. No, I mean, I <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was just like, that's just like, 
I'm not going to be humming that all night. No, hey, no, hey, absolutely. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love, I mean, the first part is something that's, that you're like, okay, yeah, I've, I've got this. I can wrap my head around this. And then it just blows your mind away. Yeah, um, and there's so much yeah. going on there. There's great legato riffs. There's tapping. There's just some great alternate picking. Um, there's some, it starts off there. Um, you know, it kind of has this sweet groove to it and pinch harmonics yeah. that work its way down the fretboard. Um, Always good. Yeah, the, but the songs, the songs just mental. It's it's this great. There's a great groove. the The main riff is um, just heavy groove oriented stuff, and then he's got yeah. these interludes where he comes in and he just blows your mind away. And then it's like, okay, now that we're done with that, we'll go back to that groove that started this whole thing. <laughs> You're yeah. just like, ah, oh! it leaves you reeling. He always has the best rhythm section as well, like just that are able to keep up with him. It's just oh, so good. So right. fantastic. Anyway, moving pedal on. Talk. We're moving on to pedal talk. And this week we <clears> are doing, rather than taking, we're, take, we're, we're going to crank it up a notch. What is it? A kick it up a notch. Yeah. Bam. Bam. Uh, there you go. Spice weasel. Why talk, <laughs> my eye. Why talk about, <laughs> why talk about one effect when this week we are going to talk about multi-effects Ooh, yes okay a very divisive topic if i may say so and do say so yeah i think so um though it seems like multi-effects processors are kind of getting a little more love these days um Mm -hmm. but just sort of quick background on that they kind of started coming out in the late 80s roland and boss were kind of some of the big producers of those i had some very early well not very early i had some versions of those um and um they kind of fell they they kind of fell out of favor sort of into the mid 90s i think part of it was the grunge thing yeah and then coming out of that like people got really interested in authentic analog sounding pedals which is still a big part of the scene today so any yeah. tone hound really is going to be still looks for like great pedals i mean we've that's what we spent <laughs> how many episodes now 10 episodes talking about so you know that's uh that's just a, yeah. a plug. Go listen to all the other 10 episodes. Yes. So <laughs> uh, I'm really digging the whole Stitcher iTunes thing that we are now. We are now available on Stitcher and iTunes. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. What is our Twitter handle? Our Twitter handle is just SharpenLX. Surprisingly, it wasn't taken. You'll be and, uh, so No yes, lumberjacks but, had thought of it first. So No. By the, by the time this comes out, it'll all be good and the Death Star will be fully functional. Excellent. So, yeah. All right. So, we're, rather than going through a run-through of like what a multi-effects is and yada, 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 we're just going to do pros and cons this week. And we might come back to do another episode on if you're looking to buy something, what you should go for. But this week, it's pretty much just pros and cons, which is a big thing in itself. Yeah, I think so. So, pros, initially, um, your thoughts, Mr. Murphy, what do you... What do you well, kind of, like, what's tempting about a, a multi-effects processor for you? Well, for me, I mean, okay, so in Ireland anyway, if you're buying like individual distortion pedals, like a wow would be like, mm, for a crybaby would be what, 70, 80, and then you've got a distortion pedal, which would be another like 60, and then, you know, delay would be another 70 on top of that. And, you know, you're spending about 200 euro. Well, then for like about maybe... And these are starting prices too. Yeah, like, essentially, you know. like for like a DS1 and all that. So if you're just buying, if you were to buy a, like a decent, like a Zoom multi-effects pedal or something like that, um, it would pretty much be almost half of all those things buying buying everything individually. So yeah, and it can potentially be cheaper then, is essentially what you're saying. That's kind of what, what I see as one of the big, yeah. big parts of it. 
which I think even in the case of when you're looking at some of the bigger things out there, like the Helix right now uh, by Line 6, which is pretty popular, the thing still yeah. runs, what, what is it, like 1500 or something like that. But if you look at what it's going to cost to buy a bunch of high-end pedals, you're hitting about the same price point, yeah. um, maybe less. But the advantage is here are number two pro, everything's in one box. Yes, that's it. You've got it you all know. there. It's all laid out in front of you. One thing is great is that, like, say for if you're in a cover band or something like that, and you don't really care that much about your tone, but you want all these effects in one. Uh, one of the cover bands I was in before, the guitarist swore by his boss. I think it was a GT GT10 or something like that. Huh. Uh, just everything was there. He had the delay for the U2 stuff. He had the distortion for the rockier stuff. He had like everything was there. And it's all in like the the click of a, a button. You don't have to sort of stomp around and do a little tap dance thing. It's exactly you might have to have... bank up one or two, and then you yeah. select your thing. So, in some ways, it's it's all in one box. And then in addition to that, it just makes it really easy, particularly for a situation like a cover band. If you're playing uh, a wedding gig where you've got to do something like Sly and the Family Stone, and then you've got U two, and then later in the night someone wants to play Teen Spirit, and then you have to do I don't I don't know give me something else that would be out of out of left field. You shook you... me all night long. You just, right. It's all there, you know? It's, yeah. it's just all there. So I think that's a really good thing about it as well. And that said, all, everything is there, but you can, coming to our next point, it's all very, you can customize everything, essentially. Right. Like, if you have a distortion function or an overdrive function on a, a good Boss multi-effects pedal, you don't have one distortion, you have, like, five. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's just it. So you do have distortion and overdrive. You know, you can pick what you want. Um, you you can change a lot of the rates for um, and how certain things interact, it, particularly with some of these newer ones like the Axe FX, which is a rack mount system. Yeah. Um, you that's know, a whole other episode, John. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But essentially, you, you can change, like if you wanted a chorus, you and not just the rate and the depth that you could normally change, but you can change all the other features in terms of which uh, uh, which frequencies you're highlighting or the same thing with your delays. You know, you can yeah. have low cuts and high cuts and all these sorts of things uh, to really customize it. So it becomes, you can really dial in the specific tone you're looking for and whether you're trying to model um, somebody else's tone or a particular pedal or you just want to look for something that is different to you that it has those options for you. Yeah, absolutely. And the, coming on to our last point of our pro points, uh, it's all there. And because it's all there, you don't have to worry about patch cables. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, booster boosters for your adapters for all your pedals, you know, yeah. pedal chaining or whatever. It's all just there. You don't have to worry about signal chains or anything like that. Uh, it's just one thing. Yeah, though you can, you can customize your signal chain usually within them. So yeah, yeah, it's you know. so. But yeah, I mean, essentially, your point being like it's from your guitar to the multi effects processor, and then from the multi effects processor to your amp or a PA or whatever it is you're using. So absolutely. two patch cables and you're sorted. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's grand. So <laughs> it is. That's that's adorable. Uh, so. <laughs> See, so, learning my Irishisms. There, there you, you go. go, man. Yeah, uh, your your idioms. Uh, so. I suppose it being just one unit brings us to the cons. Mm, yes. The, 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 you know, if, cause this has happened to me. I, I've had people come up to me before and they're like, Oh, you're using a, you know, multi effects or, you know, you're using, cause if one thing, like if one thing fails in it, it's all gone. Yeah. Uh, 
say a pedal pops or something during a show, but you have all the other things, you can pretty much you know make the rest of it work. But right, I don't get me wrong. Like usually, multi effects pedals are built like you know brick hit houses. I'm not swearing, uh, but they're uh, <laughs> kids. Uh, they're they're just they're very like they're pretty durable, but at the same time, you know, nothing's indestructible. Well, the uh, I mean you're you're at the mercy of the power source as well and yeah um you know whereas if something happens if if you've got a power source on um your your normal pedal board which most people do hopefully you've got nine volt backups maybe not all your pedals take nine volts but at least you can sort of limp your way through the rest of the show with a couple of nine volts that's it um but, you know, when it comes to something like this, I had this happen once um, where my multi-FX processor, the, um, there was a short that just developed um, over time in, um, in the power source, in the okay. little power transformer, and it just, pff, it went, and that was it. I had to yeah. buy a new transformer, but it was in the Ugh. middle of playing. And then, and so I had to go out of that and into just straight into the amp, um, you know, finish what I had to do that day with just the amp. That sounds kind of like a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, always, always have a backup of some sort, but you know, obviously when everything else goes, you're, you're not going to be playing your fancy U2 licks um, yeah. with all that delay. Cause there's no delay. So yeah, no. that's that is one thing. Um, and then the other thing too, or that can kind of get a little bit dodgy, is if you start laying too many effects, um, the the processing power becomes an issue. Now this is less of an issue today than it even was like three to five years ago, um, because processors are so much more powerful, cheaper, and faster today than they were then. Um, yeah. And so this is kind of a classic rebuttal that essentially if you're trying to use one thing to process all of these sounds, it just, it's like your computer. You've got all your windows open and you're running video editing software and a sound you editing fool. software. And Run then it's just, <laughs> it's just going to like drag everything down. Right. So, um, the, the same thing happens with the processors. It's just not able to yeah. give you the same, like really high end quality as your high end pedal, whatever that is going to be. Um, yeah. because it's, it's, designed to be a swiss army knife it's not designed to be like your fishing knife you know what i mean so yeah it's uh, like having like four or five women on one go it's all gonna go to crap if you keep on keep that stuff up man it's just it's just sorry it's right (laughs) (laughs) didn't you write a song about that breaking up with four or five or six people or something yeah but not at the same time (laughs) Uh, that's what the video is about right Oh, no, that's something different. We'll get to that later. Okay. And uh, any more cons? Uh, uh, I want to do my William. We should have a William Shatner. Con. Con. Uh, that was much better uh, than mine. Uh, I've been practicing, man. <laughs> uh, digital sounds, of course, so um, tend to get a little bit of a bad rap uh, versus analog sounds. The fact of the matter is kind of anything we're doing is going to be from the guitar into some sort of process thing. It's not as purely analog as we might like to think, but nevertheless, um, there, there is a bit of difference, um, in how, how they sound. Um, and so your real analog heads, I guess that's what 
they call themselves. I don't know. Um, they're they're going to be a little picky about that. Snobs, John. That's what we call them. Snobs. Snobs. Let's be careful. Let's be careful with that because I like analog sounds. I like analog sounds. Yeah, I bet you like, I bet you like vinyl too. No, okay, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> it's, it's all in the warmth of the vinyl, man. It's oh, just God. so much warmer. Oh, End of podcast. We had a good run. <laughs> Which brings us to the next point, like amp modeling, which is a huge part of uh, the multi-effects processors these days. So um, the Helix, I think, does that. I know AxeFX does, where you can even change. uh, And then BiasFX, which is a VST, which allows you to even change change the tubes, essentially, virtual tubes. Um, but the, the, so usually the complaint here is the warmth of the tubes. You don't get the so-called let's, let's use the finger quotations, warmth, tube warmth, Mm. um, from the digital processor and the amp modeler that you would normally get, um, from actual tubes. But my issue with that is it's, I, I don't think tubes are necessarily warmer per se. I think really a better way to talk about it is response. So different tubes respond differently to higher gain. So when you turn up the volume on your guitar, what's actually happening is you're emphasizing different overtones. Um, And that changes depending upon the tube, depending upon the age of the tube, depending upon how long the thing's been turned on, all those sorts of things. Um, So there's a lot more depth and response to that than there is necessarily... um, to a solid state, either an emulator or even a solid state amp. Um, yeah, it's it's not the yeah. It's, it's not the like, same. Yeah, it really depends on like context and what you're what you're aiming for. Your ultimate aim is, but yeah, I suppose if you have got the money, you could splash out. But yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure. Um, so yeah, pros and cons. If there you, guys, you go. Yeah, tweet at us because you can tweet at us now. Uh, your, your your own pros and cons. Uh, or leave a comment on the SoundCloud or the, the iTunes thing. Or the Facebook page. Or the Facebook page. What do you think? We're, of, we're um, all there. Multi-effects pedals. Okay. So, guys, for we've been getting a few requests uh, from, from people that have actually been listening to the podcast, and we really appreciate any feedback you guys must have uh, about uh, bettering the show, bettering ourselves, bettering guitars that's why that's that's that's, that's That's why why we're here that's why we're here so this week we're going to be talking about practice essentials now we've got a lot to say about practicing possibly too much which is why we are dividing the show into two uh we are going to have the first three practice essentials this week and the following three next week kind of like that's six practice practice essentials essentials? i have a master's degree there you go god let's not talk about that (laughs) So yes, we are going to do three and then we're going to leave it at like a Batman style cliffhanger and then we are going to uh, hopefully get you guys next week with the, with the next three. Sounds like a plan. It does sound like a plan. Let's, let's start off. That was a good warm up, which brings us into our first practice essential. Nice segue. Warm-ups. Yes. I'm working on them. So warm ups. <laughs> John, I might get the ball rolling on this one with, with Please warming do. Please up. Please do. So as opposed to using a radiator or your central heating, for warming up for guitar, it's a bit different. Uh, I sound like I'm running an infomercial. Uh, with <laughs> and how me, much does that cost? <laughs> uh, so with me, I think with with me, I'm very. I get strains in my in my muscles uh, very mm-hmm. easily. So I, I think stretching for for anything like is is really important. But I I have a Agreed. series of series of stretches that I do before sitting down to do any practice. Uh, I got mine. There's a there's a lot 
of places you can go to learn like you know arm stretches or whatever but i got mine from steve stein he has mm -hmm. a really good video on building a practice routine uh, some of which i agree with some of which i don't but his thing from straight about stretches is the uh, the big thing that i got from it um just like a few shapes you can do you don't need a guitar for it you can like, just do it by yourself and they're really good just in general to have and then i um i was looking at john petrucci's dvd and he opens oh, it yeah. His his stretches that he does, like putting his arm against a wall and like which one is everything. that? Is that the uh, rock it's discipline? Rock discipline, yes. Yeah. Um, so, um <laughs> the army. Do you uh, shred, but, bro? Come on. Yeah, but what about what about picking up the guitar? Like yeah. Stretching? So um, yeah, we kind of talked a little bit in our prep. Um, I tend a little bit more towards sort of stretching exercises on the guitar. Um, so a couple of ooh fancy a couple of chord shapes or maybe um kind of like a three note per string thing where you're skipping a fret between each finger those sorts of things just kind of stretch it out start higher up where the frets are closer together and then work down um so you kind of spread your hand out a little bit more um Solid. as you go um and then in addition to that i do sort of any exercises like i kind of lump warm-ups and um maybe exercises uh, technique maybe into, into the same group a little yeah. bit. Um, but additionally, essentially, since we're, you're just getting into it, think of any exercises that are slow and focused, um, you know, like a basic four finger exercise where you're playing four frets in a row, uh, first, second, third, fourth finger, um, just like that. And then the old what, Steve I. Yeah, something like that. But really take it slow and really focus, really focus on like uh, your left hand and right hand coordination. Make sure that you, there's not any buzzing between the notes, um, that your finger position is in such a place that you produce exactly the sound you want to produce. Okay. Um, those sorts of things. So just really focus in on what is it that you really want to do. And it just gets your hand moving at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So next point would be, I suppose, technique. Because, you know, once you've warmed up, it's good right. to kind of put, put, your, put your fingers to, to use. That sounded, I was like, how do I phrase that? <laughs> yeah, let your fingers do the talking. Uh, so, yeah, so technique. So when you hear practicing technique or any pointers for, for that? Yeah, well, I think, I think technique kind of gets a little bit jumbled personally. But um, like I said, I kind of, I might lump warm-ups kind of into this as well. Um, for me, like when I think about technique, it's not just, um, Hey, I, I want to work on string skipping or sweep picking or alternate picking or whatever it is. Um, when people talk about tech technical things, um, that's usually what they mean, but I think it also should be kind of about tone production and accuracy. Um, not just speed because speed without accuracy is just a train wreck. Yeah. Um, so instead of being so visual, John, so visual. Yeah. <laughs> Painting with words. Um, yeah. So I, that's, that's kind of my, my thought on technique. So whatever it is, realize there's an aspect of your playing that needs, that needs work. And maybe it is one of those special techniques is kind of what I would call that. That's okay. sort of what that falls into. So I would say anything that focuses on making yourself a more accurate player. And then beyond that, what are some of the special techniques you want to work on um, when you sit down and practice? Yeah, so, so you can divide that into hybrid picking, alternate picking, sure. skipping, all that stuff. And you just, uh, yeah, you break up whatever it is that you want to work on would be yeah. my, my take on that. Like so, if you're then, at, 
Yeah. Um, and then the next thing um, would be, say, scales or maybe... Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, I... With scales, I've never been good with like using scales. I've, I've found myself just getting back into the same pentatonic thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I did one of the things we were talking about before, just kind of like get out of a rut, get out of a rut. Uh, I got a lesson and I, to- <laughs> I basically, I just told the teacher, I, was, I, I just, I can't, I keep on doing the same licks, I'm really bored. And he said, so instead of practicing like a pentatonic scale or whatever, how about practice arpeggios? Yeah. So that kind of sent me on this whole thing of learning just like taking a shape like major, maybe a major seven arpeggio and just like going with that for a week and then doing a minor seventh arpeggio the next week and just trying to memorize all the boxes as opposed to, so, you know, I'm going from a C to a D minor chord, like go from a C major arpeggio to a D minor seventh arpeggio. It's, it's really, really cool just using all that stuff. Yeah. And it sounds really, really cool. Just focusing on like, even just knowing where the thirds are in every yeah. chord. That's just a really great thing to know. And arpeggios really open your eyes as opposed to just going, you know, you know, it's, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. So how about you? What is your, as a, as a teacher, your yeah, thoughts? I, I, I kind of, it's, it's both. And I usually preface this with students. Like I tend to think in terms of like improvising or solos in terms of arpeggios. Um, but I sort of arrive at the arpeggios by way of the scales. So it's it's kind of it's an overlap system it's kind of like google maps right where you look at google maps and it's like you can do just your basic like here's where the roads are but then you can also put the satellite view on it and the satellite view just shows you all the details so for me the arpeggio is kind of the stripped down like this is your basic road map but then the satellite view adds all the color (laughs) to it so yeah okay so you're filling everything in filling in the gaps yeah so i might like for me uh, i mentioned uh last week that I was working on uh, different ways to use the alter the scale. Now, what that means is there's got to be the right chord to put that scale in place. Um, and because you don't want to just be playing random notes over a chord. And, and this is why arpeggios are important no matter what you do. So, you know, if you're playing a D major seven, for example, you don't really want to be hitting, even, even, if it's, uh, even if it's a note in the scale, like, the G is just not your best note to pick. It's yeah. Just, that fourth is just kind of off, but it's a great color tone, right? So you can use it in passing. You can hang on on just a little bit to shift to F sharp or A and it makes sense. But, yeah. um, you, but you do need to know it's there. Um, that sort of thing. So um, that's, that's kind of, it, I don't know. Does that, does that sort of make sense? That, that kind it of does. Idea Absolutely. Of Knowing what the, the function of the notes is a, is a big thing. Yeah. So next week, we'll talk a bit more about getting more out of your practice routine. Yeah, or, or building your practice routine, I guess. Build, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Three more maybe, breaks for your practice routine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, build it up. Uh, so now we're moving on to what you've, been, what you've been listening to. What have we been listening to? John? Yes. You always have something very different to what I've been listening to. What have you been listening to? This oh, week? man. So, yeah, once again, uh, this, um, this past week or so, uh, I've been listening to C2I. Uh, that's S-I-T-H-U. Yeah, exactly. So he the Star is... Wars droid. <laughs> he is um, from Glasgow, I believe, and, um, fantastic guitar player, uh, really active on social media and just all around great human being. Um, 
And he has just released a new EP uh, entitled Senpai EP2, The Noticing. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Sorry, but I feel that every... Every like time you mention some kind of shred or prog album, and then you are like, I'm with you, and then you give me the name, and I'm like, oh, okay. God. So you you should you should check it out on Spotify. The thing is, is basically it's uh it's kind of the soundtrack for an imaginary anime. He's a big anime fan, um, and so if you uh, if if you kind of look it up, he's got a whole story to the first one, um, and then this is the second one, um, and it's basically about these schoolgirls who are learning guitar. So, um, wow. yeah, whatever it is about that, there's just some, there's some great tracks. It's been fun to listen to. Um, he's going to be touring the U S and the UK as well. Um, coming up here this summer. So, um, definitely you got to try and catch him. Uh, I, I will depending upon where I am. So I don't know where all I'm going to be over the summer, but he did say, so I am in relation to our thesis our theses that we are currently working on. Um, we have a thesis? Yeah, <laughs> right. How much work have you done on yours? Let's not but, talk about that, John. <laughs> he's, uh, he did get back to me, and I'll probably be doing an interview with him. Hopefully, cross your fingers, guys, that uh, we might be able to get him on the show just to talk a little bit about practice. and Future it, guests. Oh, man. Um, yeah, Great guitar player, great human being. I definitely, you know, check out some of his stuff. Um, he's He likes having stories attached to his albums. Things like his other one was, uh, before this was called Set Course for Andromeda. And it's this kind of musical stop, picture of... Stop talking. Flying through <laughs> space, man. Space. Come They're on. All about space. John, okay. I've been listening to, because I'm going to cut you off there at Andromeda. Gonna, Good, for you. You Good for uh, you. Good for you. I am currently gearing up to go to the Primavera Festival in Porto. Not the Barcelona one, but the, the smaller, more intimate, intimate, intimate uh, Portuguese version. <laughs> it's uh, a lot so of echo I, for being so intimate. I do a lot of... Uh, I, I'm a festival nerd. I always uh, make my own timetable. Uh, I just made it recently. It's color-coded. Um, which bands are playing? <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, so this year, I will be seeing uh, Bonnie Iver, uh, Japan Droids, who are a cool guitar band from Canada good like kind of kind of like upbeat punk band and uh, against me against me are a big one not so much there's not so much any guitar bands playing but mm. that's kind of nice and uh, I suppose we'll finish off as we always do with what have you been working on John what have you been working on um, so again I'm gonna kind of nerd out here a little bit but as what a surprise uh, yeah um, I've been working on um a uh, classical piece called Folios by um, Toru Takam- Takamitsu. So I almost mispronounced his name. Ah, anyway, I love Takamitsu. He's written some just absolutely gorgeous uh, classical guitar pieces. This is one of his harder pieces, um, but just his, his use of chords and harmonies um, are something that I just love bringing into my own playing. Uh, so I find it just a good way to kind of stretch my vocabulary a little bit. But yeah, what about yourself? I well, something very, very different to you, John. As as as, usual. <laughs> as always. That, that's why we that's why we work so well together, my friends. Myself and uh, Stephen Sharp, whose album I have plugged in the past, is uh, we are, we are forming a two piece acoustic duo. Oh, fun! Um, I think most duos are two pieces, but uh, most it's, it's basically so we basically we, we're hitting them. We've got two circles of music. We've got the uh, very flamboyant diva music. 
uh, a la, you know, uh, Nina Simone and all those. And then we have the uh, 90s kitsch pop. Uh, and we are in the middle of that Venn diagram. So it's a really Sweet. fun set list. But we're learning some... Uh, one thing I actually thought we should learn is the live version, uh, the acoustic for guitar version of uh, Love of My Life by Queen. Do you know that one? You, wait, 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 wait. You're playing a Queen song. I am, John. It's one of my favorite Queen songs. One of my favorite <laughs> three Queen songs because everything else is ru- rubbish. No, it's not. Uh, most of it is. Uh, Don't Try Suicide. They have a song called Don't Try Suicide. Uh, let's do a whole podcast soon on my hatred of Queen because uh, if you want to... It's sort of a love-hate relationship though, isn't it? It's more of like people who always think Queen it's, is the it's, best. Yeah, it's an exhaustion thing. Do you know that like I think one of the biggest... In Great Britain, anyway, the number one album I think like possessed more than any other people is Queen's Greatest Hits, which is fine. I'm totally it's a it's a super yeah, we, greatest we, hits. We've said good things about greatest hits. Yes, but then yeah. you get to they they have three greatest hits, John, and each one is worse than the last. And okay, <laughs> now is not the time, um, John. It is time for us to to conclude because my girlfriend is dragging me to a swing dancing class. So I swear to God, that sounds like fun, not, man. Have fun. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Thank you for listening, guys. We will be back with more tips for building a practice routine and more wacky shenanigans next week. Until then, like, share, subscribe. Maybe be the first to leave us an iTunes review. That'd be great. Please do review. And in the meantime... Stay sharp, my friends.